0: affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day.
1: Welcome to the My Essential Birth Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional
0: doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering, online childbirth education course helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond.
1: Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content. And head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. Before we get started, we would like to invite you to leave a review for this podcast in iTunes. It's a brand new show, and it's really important in the launch of a new podcast to gather reviews. Will you please help us spread the word by leaving a review so that more mamas have a chance of finding this podcast when they search for one?
0: We read every single review and we promise to keep doing that. We love what everyone, all of you ladies have been saying about the Pregnancy and Birth Made Easy podcast here with My Essential Birth. So thank you everyone for your
1: continued support. Today we're going to talk to you about the power of a birth plan. It's really never a question of if you should do a birth plan. It's just that there is a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And we're going to give you the scoop today. I really feel like Benjamin Franklin said it best. He said, if you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. And I do feel like that's true for birth.
0: Yeah. We go over this all the time that preparation is one of the most important things that you can do. And a birth plan is a physical manifestation of all the things that you desire from that preparation.
1: Yep. So today we're going to talk to you about the do's and don'ts of writing a winning birth plan. We're going to walk you through visualizing the birth you want and then how to put that out on paper. Um, And yeah.
0: But before we get into that, let's take a moment and read one of our reviews from the iTunes review for the podcast.
1: So this week's iTunes review is coming from Katie Katie 812 She said, I'm pregnant with my first and feeling so fortunate I found Courtney and Stephanie. Aw, thanks. (laughs) I went from knowing nothing but starting with a mindset of, what's all the fuss about? Humans have been giving birth for 200,000 years to creating an informed but still evolving birth plan and preparation that makes me feel empowered and confident and slightly crunchy (laughs) (laughs) to make decisions about my body. I'm so happy I found this podcast and the My Essential Birth Course that pointed me in the right direction to find an amazing birth center near me to plan for my ideal birth one last remark Since it's my first, even though I wince and squirm when learning about what happens to a woman's body during and after, I want to thank these ladies from the bottom of my heart for being so open and upfront about the good, the bad, and the ugly of childbirth. Thank you so much for that review. You guys have no idea how much it means to us to know that we're helping you in any way, small or big, to prepare for your birth, and we love it when you come back and share your birth stories with us later.
0: I have to say, I think that's probably the perfect segue into today's topic about Birth planning and why it's important. So, uh,
1: with that, why don't we get started? So, the year was 2010, bum, bum <laughs> and uh, my husband and I, we were in between babies two and three. We had just moved from Arizona back to Utah, and you have to know that with my first two babies, I delivered with um, an MD in Glendale, Arizona. Um, and he was amazing. He was incredible. He was really laid back. Um, if you're in the Phoenix, Arizona area, it's Dr. Marv Erickson. And he was just really, hey, whatever you want to do. No IV, no problem. Like, I'm here to support and serve you. Whatever kind of birth you want to have is what I'm here to help you do. And so had a really great experience, and so when I was pregnant with baby number three in 2010, I decided, well, I'm going to go find an OB because I had such a great experience with mine. So I went to the largest, most popular um, obstetric practice in my area, um, and I was excited because they had a nurse midwife on staff, something that my you know providers in Arizona didn't have. So I made an appointment, and I met with her, and I brought a copy of my birth plan from my previous two births. She took one look at it and said, I'm sorry, we don't allow those here. It is against our practice's policy. In fact, we have all our patients sign a form, like a contract, saying that they agree not to have a birth plan. I was like, that blows I, my mind. I was like, "Excuse me, what?" I was like, "No, I, I've had a birth plan with my first two. It really helps everybody to know what what my goals are. Why would you want to keep women from ever writing a birth plan?" And um, I mean, right then and there, before we even got into this conversation, I already knew then it wasn't going to be the place for me. But still, I was like, "Why is she? Why would they go through all this trouble to have people not bring in a birth plan?" And she said that from her perspective that – she goes, whenever moms bring in a birth plan, it seems like they're the ones whose births never go as planned. They are the ones who almost always end up with all kinds of interventions and cesareans and they're the ones that are most mad in the end about how their birth turned out. So we don't allow them here. (laughs) It's like, okay, well, I share a completely different perspective. Okay, was that That like a
0: high-intervention hospital? Yeah. Well, that's why. Yeah, because they didn't want to plan for all the interventions that they were planning on giving them, it sounded like. Yeah, that
1: makes sense to me. Anyway, it was then I decided to do an out-of-hospital birth, and that ended up being a great experience too. So I was grateful for the outcome. I was grateful that they were upfront and honest about what their policy was. But holy crap, what the heck? you know? And it really kind of comes down to this question of who's really in charge of birth? Who's really in charge of your birth?
0: Yeah, I would say if you get nothing from this episode, if you – that's all you have to do. Bring the birth pen with you and see what they say, right? Like, <laughs> mic drop. If somebody were to say that to you, hopefully you, that would be, like, the last they see of you, right? Walking yeah. out the door. Because really, isn't this your body, your birth? Like, that is amazing to me.
1: I really feel like what you should be looking for is a provider who's like, I want to just do whatever you want to do and I'll step in and intervene – Um if if it's absolutely necessary for your health or the baby's health. That's the kind of provider, that sort of lifeguard approach that you're looking for. What's crazy is that Self Magazine ended up writing up an article about... Um, birth plans and birth in America. And they actually talked about this OBGYN practice that I had visited and how they had signs posted now in their patient waiting room saying no birth plans. And, you know, if that's what you want to do, if you want to have a doula, if you want to have, um, you know, an unmedicated birth, then please let a nurse know and we will arrange for your transfer of care. So the fact that it made it into a national magazine <laughs> blows my mind. We'll link to it in the podcast. I wonder if you want who would article. want to give
0: birth there after that. It would really feel comfortable walking in and seeing that and thinking, this is where I'd like to have my baby. And nobody is going to have to live with that birth afterwards. I think that's the thing that gets me about Mm -hmm. any provider or any like decision that way that ends up harming a mother or a baby. Not only are they a lot of times not held responsible, like we've talked about prior like medications and things that were given back (laughs) earlier in 1900s where babies came out deformed and stuff. Who had to live with that? Right, the mom, the yeah. mom, the family, and I think that's the same with the birth. You know, we can even point fingers and do all the blame or whatever the case. But the truth is, we walk away from that birth with our experience and and the way that we've birthed our baby.
1: And I feel like we get so many um, DMs and messages from women who have trauma from previous births that didn't go the way that they wanted, and years later they're still trying to process that. And you know that that provider is probably not even thinking twice about it. And so that's when they come to us going... I recognize that if I want something different, I'm going to have to do something different. And doing something different oftentimes means getting educated and coming up with a plan. And so we want to outline for you guys some do's and don'ts to writing a winning birth plan so that we can make it as clear and simple for you as possible. Yeah, and I want to
0: say it's unfortunate that women come like that or that we have these experiences, but then I look at like what Courtney and I do and I wouldn't be here if I didn't have a bad experience first. So I, I almost want to say like those things lead us to opportunities to make things better for every woman. So yeah. I, almost, I almost like the mistakes. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. All right. So we're going to start first with the don'ts just so that we can get them out of the way. Um, The first thing we recommend is sometimes if you were to go on Google and you were to type in birth plan, a lot of times what you'll see come up is like a checklist. And these checklists of things are, they list all your different options for a million different things. They're often several pages long. And the idea is that you go through and you check the boxes of things that you want. Do not, this is not a birth plan. And then print it out and bring it. And then print it out and bring it. nobody is going to have the time to read your several pages of checked boxes on a sheet. So that might be a good tool to use if you're trying to determine maybe some of your preferences, but we have a better tool we're going to share with you a little bit later in this episode. But don't don't assume that this several page long checklist is a birth plan. It's It's not. Nobody has time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah.
0: And on that note, so your your birth plan should be one page. So on the don'ts, do not make it more than one page if you can help it, with the exception of a second page being a cesarean birth plan. Yep. Um, And we have a free, we'll include it in the end of this episode, but we have a free gentle cesarean birth plan so that you can download it, print it, and not have to worry about it anymore, but you can still stick it in your birth bag in the event that a cesarean birth does become necessary.
1: Exactly. Another don't that we have for you is you don't really need to put things on your birth plan that are already included or already kind of a given at your birthplace. For example, um, you don't need to say on your birth plan, we'd like to be able to control um, the lights or how dim or bright the lights are. If you want on your birthplace tour and they're already like, yeah, that's not a problem. You don't need to put things on there that they're already cool with. Yeah,
0: unless it is something that is very important to you that mm-hmm. you're worried in any way or it helps with your anxiety or feelings in any way that you need to make sure you have that thing, then I would include it.
1: Yeah. But if they say that we're a certified baby-friendly hospital, then you probably don't need to put on your birth plan. Please don't offer my baby any formula um, because that's that's already part of that um, right. baby-friendly certification. So that should help you... Um, consolidate a little bit when you're trying to fit to one page, which is one of the do's (laughs) that we recommend. So let's talk about some more of those do's. Well, when
0: we were talking before we started recording, I was saying, I think the really important thing here is that women are able to envision what they actually want um, instead of just throwing a bunch of stuff on a birth plan that kind of sounds good. You really have to take time to envision your ideal birth and what that looks like for you. So at the end of this episode, we're going to go through a really quick, small exercise on how to do that so that you can get crystal clear on what matters for when you come back and listen to this again to write your actual birth plan. And we keep saying birth plan, but in the course even, we refer to this as a birth map because there's many ways to get to a single destination. In this case, it's the birth of your baby. Um, There's many roads that you can take to get there. And so we say plan, but it's really more of a preference or a map. It's a guide. Exactly. affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Dockatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day.
1: Um, There's a quote I've heard and it says, stay committed to your goals, but be flexible in your approach. And that That kind of, isn't that good? Yeah. It sort of speaks to that idea of it's a map and you can get there multiple different ways. And I feel like, so what this nurse midwife was telling me, well, people who come up with a plan, they're always disappointed because it never goes exactly to plan. Well, yes. And I hope you recognize that, you know, not even Stephanie and I can tell you exactly how your birth is going to go down. You can't even know that, but what you can do. And I think where a lot of the power of a birth plan comes is that in the process of creating it, you. Educate yourself on um, not only your options, but how to handle different scenarios that might come your way so that when something comes up um, and we use you use the example earlier of like an episiotomy, you can understand um maybe what some alternatives are or situations where it would be necessary so let's talk about that for So example. yeah so for example if you
0: want on there you have on your birth plan or in your mind you don't want an episiotomy and that is a surgical cut from the base of the vagina towards the anus into the perineum um and this is not in evidence based practice but is done by many doctors routinely. in hospital routinely typically and so i my my point with that was well, maybe you put that on the birth plan and everybody says, great, okay, but you're pushing and the doctor says, you know, it kind of looks like you're going to tear or it's pretty stretched out down there. I think if we just make a little snip, this baby's going to come right out, little things like that. And because you're like, I don't want episiotomy, but you don't have some knowledge and education behind it. It kind of becomes this way. What? Okay. You know, and sure. Whatever. Sure. Instead of understanding that, if you, maybe you tear, but generally a tear, I mean, you have a chance of that being a first degree tear or a minor tear that needs no repair. When scissors, Courtney says this all the time, scissors don't discriminate. And at, at the very least, that is a second degree tear that is torn through muscle that will require stitches, that will require a few weeks of healing, that will be uncomfortable afterwards. So, but if you don't know that going in, so in other words, you have to have some kind of um, context behind the things that are going on to that birth plan. Otherwise it's, it's just not as useful, right?
1: Don't don't put something on there like I don't want an episiotomy because you heard some other crunchy mom <laughs> say that that's on her birth plan without educating yourself on on different scenarios where that might come up or where you might not know that tearing's actually often better. No, it is better than an mm-hmm. episiotomy. Um but I was telling Stephanie, yeah, but you know, let's say you're coming up on a scenario where maybe your baby's heart rate is really low and your doctor presents you um and says, "Hey, listen, this this situation is not looking good. I need to intervene right now for the safety of your baby." Um and oftentimes they don't give you these choices, but let's pretend. <laughs> and they say, "I can do a vacuum extraction, we can do a cesarean birth, we can do an episiotomy." Like, you know, at that point I would choose the episiotomy if it were me and you might feel differently and that's okay but you have to understand these different scenarios where you might know what to pick to you know make it to your birth goal of of whatever it is you want to have so I think that's again back to the map concept be flexible in your approach but committed to your goals and understand that there's multiple routes you can take to get to the same goal yeah so let's
0: go a little more into the do so we talked about envisioning your birth Mm -hmm. Um, just to be a little more clear so you really want to know about how you feel about things so that you can prioritize them and we touched on that but just to clear that up so if you know that it's more important for you to not have an IV than it is for you to be continually monitored throughout the birth then that's gonna make your list and it's gonna be higher up on it so write all the things down and then prioritize that list in other words if you put all the things. Things down on a piece of paper that you would want for your ideal birth and you look at it and you say some of these had to change what if I was only allowed to take a few of these with me what would they be and those are the ones that you really want to focus on that hit your birth plan
1: yeah we have a great little game that we play in our My Essential Birth Course, the Birth Plan Priority Game, and it really helps you to hone in on um, what's more of a priority to you. And sometimes we we make our students pick between things that they really don't want to have to choose between, but it's a good exercise to help you understand where you stand. So Stephanie, what were some things that were really important to you to have on your birth plan?
0: So some for me, and this might sound silly, was I didn't want an IV. I wanted to wear my own clothes, and I wanted to eat and drink. Those were top
1: for me. Yeah. Um, I absolutely needed, I didn't ever want to be separated from my husband. Um, Sometimes they're like, well, let's, let's get her into triage and you, I didn't want to be separated from him ever. Um, I definitely needed freedom of movement and I didn't want to have to be tied down to, to the bed or anywhere else for that. Um, those things are really important to me as well. Oh, and I also didn't want anybody to offer me pain medication. Mm. Sometimes they'll come in and if they see you working through maybe a really tough contraction, they're, do you want me to call the anesthesiologist? No, don't plant that idea yeah. in my
0: head. Like, Well, not just that, but then you start wondering, wait, does it look like I need Am I not handling it Am I not handling I mean, it yeah. well?
1: Yeah, and the performer in me is like, well, maybe I need to do it but anyway. Yeah. yeah, just on my birth plan was, please don't offer pain medication. I'll let you know if I want it.
0: Yeah, so, so you can see that even though we both had similar ends that we were both going for unmedicated births, for example, we had different mm-hmm. ways of getting there. We had different priorities. So that's, that's what I want you to do at the end of this. When we you envision your per- birth plan, I want you to vis- envision your ideal birth, not your friends, not your sisters, like really think about what not matters to you. Not the girl you read
1: about on Instagram. <laughs> not <to> ours. Think, <laughs> not ours. You need to think <laughs> about yours. All right. So let's quickly bust out these last few do's. Do break. So your, your birth plan is going to fit on one page and I highly recommend, we highly recommend that you fit it, uh, that you break it down by stage. Of birth. Right. So first stage, second stage, third stage, and then maybe a few things for baby. But if you do that, it makes it really easy for the birth team to come in and know where they fit in. So for example, when when you're pushing and you're getting close to the end, the if you're at a hospital, the baby team comes in. Mm. And they don't really care to know what you needed for first or second stage. They want to see what pertains to baby. So having it organized is really helpful to the people who are on your birth team. Right. So
0: she's saying literally with the page in front of you, at the top of the page will be things that happen earlier during birth midway during birth and then at the end yeah something that I like to recommend to students that has actually gone over well, um, particularly with nurses, but put an image of yourself on there because Mm -hmm. they, how many patients do they have? You know, they could have several. Maybe if you're at a birth center or obviously if you're at home, you're not going to have to worry so much about that. But if you go to any kind of birth place, then having a picture of yourself lets them know, oh, I recognize that couple. So I know who this is for. Um, And then I say, put like a small paragraph, something funny, something. That shows your personality, something goofy. I have had students write the funniest things on there, and it, you know what? Like these we've talked about it before, but these nurses work long hours, they're mm-hmm. busy, like the days are long. And so I think getting something like, like that is just like entertaining. Yeah. It puts a smile on their face, which you know inevitably is going to help them to have a little better of an attitude with
1: anyone they're working with. Absolutely. We um for Nate and I, we would put like just a couple sentences of intro. Hi, we're Nate and Courtney. We're here to have baby number two. We're hoping name him Colin but if he comes out looking like you know this anyway Jessica, just, <laughs> Jessica that will be the name yeah just <laughs> add some humor to it it's okay to add a little personality in there and then um, we've mentioned this in other episodes but like Stephanie said these are people who often work 12 hour shifts they work really hard and they're often working for you and for your benefit so if you want to bring in a little treat for your birth team and put it on there's usually a side table put it on a side table and put your birth plan right there with a maybe a little card or note that says please come enjoy a treat guess what they're going to be looking at as mm-hmm. they're enjoying the treat next to your bed they're going to be looking over your birth plan so there's a little strategy involved <laughs> yeah there.
0: i also want to say make sure that you make several copies i'd say even like up to six you want to be mm-hmm. able to hand it to nurses and if they for whatever reason it gets lost you want to be able to hand it to them again one for the provider one for the doula one for your mom <laughs> you know anybody who's going to be in your birth space make sure um, and especially for your doula your partner your um your midwife or your doctor those people should be really clear about what you desire before you even get to your birthplace and have to hand off a birth plan.
1: That's what I was going to say. I I thought of another do that we don't have listed here, and that is the first time your provider sees your birth plan should not be at time (laughs) of birth. Ideally, you should have this made up um, months in advance so that when you take your birth plan to your provider, you can maybe start going over a couple things at a time each visit just to kind of, again, make sure that you're both on the same page and that you both Um, are going to pursue the goals that you have in mind for your birth and that your provider will be supportive of those. If you go in there with your birth plan and you're maybe like Stephanie and not having an IV is a priority to you and they're like uh no I want you to have an IV and you're starting to get all this pushback um, you might need to think about a new provider.
0: So now I want to give you guys an opportunity to um, have some tools so that you can envision your ideal birth. So this is something I want you to do. You can bring pen and paper with you, but I also want you to take some some time and close your eyes with some deep breathing, just any kind of relaxation pose that you can imagine. You can be resting and laying down. You can be sitting up, generally eyes closed. And I want you to just breathe deep and think through from the very first contraction and work through that birth and what does that look like for you. And I want it to be as clear as it was the middle of the night and I started having my first contractions. My partner was laying next to me in bed, but I decided to let him sleep. So I went into the tub or I was at Target. That's my favorite place to have contractions, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> There's a cart and whatever, or maybe they could start it in the night, but I decided to walk around Target. I want you to visualize like this is your ideal birth. So it can be whatever you decide you want it to be. So wherever you have that first contraction, what are they like? What do they feel like? How do you feel about them? And then continue that all the way through to the end. Pay attention to how you're feeling. Pay attention to the smells, to the sights. Are you most comfortable in this vision when it is bright and airy? Do you find yourself at the beach? Are there waves crashing and you have some of that noise in the background? Is the sun hitting your skin? What feels good to you? What sounds right? And then as you move on to the birth phase, where you're thinking about physically giving birth to your baby, how are people talking to you? How are they treating you? Um, When you say that you're going to a hospital or a birth center in, in this area, what happens on your way in? We've mentioned some of them. You know, mm-hmm. Are you in your own clothes? Are you, Do you ask for an IV? Is that something that's interesting to you?
1: Do you see yourself more in bed or do you see yourself up and moving around? Right, do you plan on having
0: an epidural, which is okay. Um, what are the options that you look at that makes this your best birth plan? And then you sit down and you write all of that out to the best of your ability. You just write and write and write and write. And once you have a visual of what this looks like, if I'm visualizing, for example, that I go through this entire thing and I never once see any medical staff in this vision. I don't see any wires hooked up to me. I don't see any of that. I have this beautiful, peaceful birthing baby. But I thought I wanted an epidural and I thought I wanted to get to the hospital early You're going to have to weigh those two things because Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of processing and thought to decide what you really, truly, deeply want for this experience. And as Courtney said before, it's not something you do all the time. You'll do this maybe a few times at best during your life. However, this experience, will you will remember how you felt, how you were made to feel for the rest of your life. This story will get passed down for generations to come. So what does that look like to you? And once you've got all that information down, then you come back to this episode, then you put those options in front of you, and then you create that birth map.
1: And as always, as you go about creating your birth plan, if questions come up, if, if you need more information, if you want more help, or you have ideas of topics you would like us to cover, please, please send us a message. We are here to serve you, and we love cheering you on. Yeah, so head to
0: Instagram. We're at My Essential Birth. Shoot us a DM, and we love
1: answering your questions. All right, mamas, we will be back with more tips and advice soon. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes.
0: And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you.